Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today's episode and really the next couple of episodes were really um, inspired by some readers' questions and listeners' questions and this particular one I get all of the time which is about how can I afford to have a homestead of my dreams because setting up a home homestead can be expensive but smart homesteaders are able to get started the right way and really live their homestead dreams and we were in the same boat um, we've been kind of doing this for over five years now, um, kind of practicing out homesteading um, here where we live because we've always known that we wanted to do something a little bit bigger um, and a little bit better right and because of those things um we have really had to evaluate kind of how we live and how we spend things and one of the things that we don't really talk about is homesteading and finances really because one of the best things that you can do to get your homestead off to a great start is to tackle your finances. A homesteading hobby can get expensive really quickly Um, if you're buying like a pre-made coop for instance or even lumber to build a coop right or even raised beds right if you're making raised beds from wood or you know the fancy metal ones which look really nice it can get really expensive quickly and don't even get me started on the price of seeds right that's why if you've been listening I'm always trying to teach that you can save seeds and encourage seed saving because seeds are expensive so I want to start talking a bit about how do you tackle your finances and I want us to walk through it step by step together because it's not as scary as it may seem and I know it can be it can be scary because the first step is to really evaluate your financial status and where you are So just like you take a walk in the garden to check for problems and plants that are ready to harvest, the same is true for your finances. You need to know where you stand with your money. Are your money choices calling the shots or are you? And by that I mean, are you losing your paycheck to paying debts? right? And to really evaluate your financial status, you're going to need to grab your bank statements, your pay stubs, any other statements like credit cards, loans, car financing, bills, receipts, all that good stuff. Go grab them. I'm going to be right here waiting for you, I promise. Go get them. Now, before we dig into all the things that you've just gone and got, I want to talk a bit about the Murphy Fund. Your Murphy Fund is your emergency fund. It's for those moments when Murphy's Law strikes, those moments that make you cuss the sky blue. Uh, We have a different name for it on our homestead and probably not one I can say on the air without um, putting a uh, foul language notification on here. Um, But, you know, rainy days or emergencies happen. It's a fact of life. However, having an emergency fund helps give you a cushion to make the blow a little bit easier to take and it really does make a difference and most money experts typically recommend a thousand dollars in your emergency fund and that thousand dollars makes a huge difference especially if an appliance breaks down let's say your fridge breaks right how 
how much are they going to cost going to, you know, the big box store, right? They're expensive. But if you have $1,000 in your emergency fund, you know that you can take care of that, okay? It may not be the super fancy model that'll, like, order milk for you or whatever direct from Amazon, but it's going to be a fridge, right? And it's going to keep your food cold and it's going to do what it needs to do, right? Other emergencies. Your fur baby needs the vet. Your car needs a repair, right? Things happen. Getting to $1,000 in your emergency fund is going to be your first financial goal if you haven't got it already. And it really does make a difference. Knowing that you have a cushion there and knowing that you have an ability to take care of some of those emergencies that come up is really, really powerful. Now, I want to take a minute to talk about what I call the money monster. And I know that you might start to feel anxious about checking in on your finances. I had a lump in my throat the first time that we did this as a family because I knew there was debt. I just didn't know how much it was going to be. And, you know, I can tell you, like, the first family budget meeting that we had, it was horrible. People get defensive, aggressive, and ashamed of their spending habits and where they are with their finances. And if you feel like this, then just know it is totally normal. In fact, I've talked to a lot of people that have kind of been going through a, you know, a debt-free journey and this is kind of part of their their homesteading um, way of life that they're now choosing, you know, since the pandemic. Like a lot of people are going down this path and almost everybody that I've talked to that I've said like, how did your first budget meeting go? It was met with kind of some of these same feelings. Like, you know, you felt ashamed of what you had spent money on and kind of regrets because, you know, you could have put that money to better use. And as you're going through it as a family, oh, that that's, you know, it was tough, right? Certainly for my family, you know, it was very much met with being defensive about spending or not wanting to say where expenses and things had been going. And we had to really try and foster a culture of, you know, what's done is done. It wasn't really, you know, we didn't want it to be kind of a, a blaming scenario or anything like that. Um, you know, we just needed to know where we were at, right? Draw a line in the sand. This is where we are. And it was, it's, it's totally normal for people to feel defensive or get aggressive and, sh- you know, ashamed. Okay. Millions of other people feel like that when they talk about their money monster too. Um, and other people just don't want to deal with it, right? They they feel so anxious and ashamed about these things that they just kind of bury their head in the sand. And that doesn't help, you know, you. It doesn't help your family. Um, and I want you to know that you know, you can tackle your money monster. And there is so much help that's available out there. And the way that I really like to think about tackling the money monster is kind of like a medieval knight in armor taking on a mythical beast, right? It feels scary. It feels worrying. Um, But my friend, I need you to know that you can come out of this the other side and you are going to be so much better for it. 
So one of the first things that we have to do is to really track our spending. And now that you've gathered your statements and bills together, or maybe you've just logged into your bank's app, whatever, either way, it is time to kind of dig in and see what's going on with your money. We need to locate that money monster's lair and be able to plan how you are going to slay it. So let's talk about how you uncover your money monster. And if you haven't figured out, your money monster is debt, okay? It robs you of security if things break down or go wrong. It steals your future. It creates stress, anxiety, and worry. It can hurt relationships with a loved one. And it tries to have power over you and your life. And it doesn't have to be like that. And being free from debts is really life-changing and freeing and I bet that's one of the reasons that you want to homestead is to be free and I found that the best way to find where that money monster hides is to see what debts that you have and you do this by looking at the paperwork that you've gathered look in your bank statements look for those payments to credit cards store cards car financing medical bills student loans home improvement loans other financing right like if you've got toys like four wheelers boats or pop-up trailer whatever any of the debts that you're paying okay these are your money monsters and you're going to need the full debt balances right so if you only know the monthly payments that you're making you're going to need to call the company that you're paying and find out what that total amount is going to be because once you've got that information i want you to list out your debts list them all out one by one with the total balance and the monthly minimum payments so you can get a handle on where you are on the financial scale and i know this is hard to look at if you've got a lot of debt and i want you to know that a life that is debt free is completely possible and you can do it and once you've got those debts written down i want you to list them from the smallest total amount through to the largest ignore the interest rates you just want to list them based on the total amount owed the smallest debt to the largest right so you might have let's say a medical bill that's five hundred dollars and then maybe you've got a credit card bill that is two thousand dollars maybe there's another credit card that you have that's six thousand dollars and then maybe you've got your car that you're paying off and the balance on that is twenty six thousand dollars right you want to list them from smallest to largest okay and there's a reason for that that i'll get into in a little bit so now you know what your money monsters are it's time to really meet that knight that is going to come and help you come up with a plan right and your knight is going to be your monthly homestead budget and a budget doesn't mean that you're going to lack it can really open up creativity and bring joy in ways that you didn't think are possible and i know that i talk about this a lot that homesteaders and farmers are some incredibly creative and innovative people and having a budget is just the same it is not a lack it is a way for you to to live so much better and use your money wisely and this budgeting tool is it's that's exactly what it is a budget is a tool and it's going to help you conquer those debts that you listed one by one so how do you start creating a budget okay your monthly homestead budget is going to account for every dollar that comes in and every dollar that goes out or pounds if you're back in blighty right every pound that comes in every pound that goes out 
Your budget is basically going to help a math problem. It's going to help you track money coming in, also known as your income, and money going out, which is also known as your expenses, right? It's it's a math problem, right? Money coming in, money going out, right? Ideally, we want money coming in to be higher than money going out, right? And your budget is going to be different for every person, every family in terms of your expenses and your income. There isn't a one-size-fits-all budget, and some budgets vary from month to month, but it is a really good idea to schedule a monthly budget meeting as a family and sit down. Like we we try to make a night of it now. So, you know, we'll make pizzas or, you know, we'll we'll make a, a nice dinner together and we'll sit down as a family and we'll go through our budgets, which take about an hour and you know, we'll kind of talk things through. It's a great way to be accountable to each other and to kind of focus in on what is it that we're aiming for? Why are we doing this? And kind of talking about those those hopes and dreams of where we want to be and how we want to get there because keeping those in mind is what's going to help us keep moving forward and tackling that money monster. So let's talk about some tools of the trade because there's lots of free tools. There's lots of free apps. There's even um, free budget uh, spreadsheets and things that you can get hold of. I like to use a spreadsheet that I can fill out, right? I fill it out with the family. We can then print it out, put it on the fridge or the microwave or above the coffee pot, somewhere that we see it every day for accountability and to keep on track. I even got super fancy with mine and charted a graph that showed our debts and the progress of paying those off. And you can use an app or a spreadsheet, or you can even use, you know, a bit of paper or a notebook, right? Um, if you're using spreadsheets, there's free templates available within applications like Google Sheets and Excel. So you don't need to try and create something from scratch, right? There's there's plenty of things that are out there. Use whatever is right for you and your family. So to do this, you're going to need to grab your paperwork. If you've not figured this out, (laughs) you're going to need to look at your paperwork. So grab those pay stubs, your bank statements, bills, receipts. Do it for the last three months. And you might be thinking, ah, Emma, why the last three months? It's so you can get an average of expenses that fluctuate, okay? Things like gas, electric, water, groceries, um, even your income, potentially, if you're um, hourly, may fluctuate. And you want to see how much that changes because we want to be taking an average of those things to be able to budget for, right? Sometimes it's going to be higher, sometimes it's going to be lower, and we want to really budget for the middle on our monthly budget. So first of all, we want to find our income. So our income or money coming in is everything coming into your account, right? It's stuff coming from your job or jobs if you're working more than one job. It's your side hustles, right? Maybe you're delivering pizza or um, maybe you are getting income from child support or maybe you're, I don't know, running deliveries or something. Maybe you got money for your birthday. Whatever it is, if it's money coming into your account, it is income. You want to add up all of the money coming in for your monthly total income, right? So let's say, I don't know, you've got $1,000 coming in from one job, $1,000 coming in from your second job. You've made, I don't know, um, 
$100 delivering pizza and um, your grandmother has given you 50 bucks for your birthday, right? You want to add all of that together and that is your monthly total income. You want to keep a note of that amount, right? Because that's part of this, this math that we're going to do, right? You want the money in and you want to know the money out and then that's going to help us figure out where we want to go with this budget. Now, the key for the budget is we want that budget balance to be zero. Not that, you know, we, we've got zero things coming out, but we want to basically make sure that that balance is going to be zero dollars, right? So we've accounted for everything coming in. We've accounted for everything going out. It isn't over and it isn't under. It is at zero because that is going to help us really take control of our finances because we're giving every single dollar or pound a job to do, right? So let's talk about our monthly expenses. And this is probably where people are going to have a bit of heartburn over it. Um, it's certainly where we had a lot of heartburn trying to figure out things. And the first place to start is with the essential things, right? The essential things that you need to live. And I'm not talking about the payments on the boat, okay? The boat ain't essential. I'm talking about your home, your food, your utilities, and your transport. The basic essential things that you and your family need. So let's start with home. And this might be rent or a mortgage payment and council tax if you're in the UK. It also includes fees like HOA fees, renters or homeowner insurance, private mortgage insurance, and property taxes. And you want to record these amounts on your budget, right? What is it that this is costing you each month? What are you paying each month? Write that down on your budget. The next one from the essential things is food, right? This is your grocery spend, not eating out expenses. Look at your last three months of bank statements and see how much you are spending on groceries. Your grocery budget is going to depend on where you live and how you eat. Luckily, there's loads of ways that you can stretch your grocery budget like batch cooking, right? I might have talked about batch cooking before. Um, that's a great way to stretch your grocery budget. But you want to be recording your average grocery spend. So look at those last three months and average the amount that you were spending at the grocery store. There's not a lot of good in slashing your budget on groceries from let's say it's $400 a month to $100 a month because you're going to struggle to stick to your budget. It is much better to average the amounts that you are spending over the last three months and then work your way to gradually reduce that grocery expense. Okay, you're going to be much more likely to stick with it if you do it gradually, right? Just like being on, on a diet, right? If you make slow changes, you're more likely to stick with it than going kind of cold turkey. Number three on your essential things is utilities, right? Your basic utilities include things like electric, gas or propane um, to cook with or to run the heating, water, garbage and recycling, okay? They're not the phone, internet, cell phones, you know, Netflix, Hulu, or cable subscriptions, okay? Those things are kind of lifestyle things that, you know, are not essential. You can do without, um, you know, some of those things, right? But you can't do without electricity or gas to cook on if you've got a gas stove, right? Um, you need to be paying 
towards your city um utilities right if you've got water or garbage happening right you have to pay those bills so you need to record the average expenditure on those basic utilities in your budget so again look at the last three months look at what the spend is take the average and that becomes you know your target that you're going to budget for and the last one in the essential things is transport. So this is the last, but by no means the least of the essential things, right? Your transport is how you get to your job unless you're lucky enough to be working from home. And again, you want to average the last three months of the gas, petrol or diesel that you uh, have been spending. But also you want to account for expenses like license renewal, right? If you've got to renew your plates, if your um, vehicle insurance is due, and also if you're in the UK, the MOT and the tax, right? You're going to need to budget for those things. Now, one of the problems that we ran into was trying to figure out how much we should budget that for for each month. And one of the things that we did was we looked at what that cost was. So let's say the plate renewal right we looked at what that spend was the year before and then we basically took that amount and we divided it up over 12 months right so let's say it was $300 to renew the license plate we took that amount and divided it by 12 so that's 300 divided by 12 which is $25 a month so I would budget $25 a month to go towards paying that license plate renewal when the time came um similarly for things like um repairs and stuff like that um you know there's a arbitrary number that people would choose to put towards um being able to pay for um a repair or an ongoing maintenance thing like getting an oil change something like that kind of have a look around shop around like search online what the you know costs for some of these things are like having to get your transmission fluid changed or an oil change right figure out what that cost is and then um, create your budget accordingly to be able to account for those things because we want to keep up on maintenance of our vehicle because that's how we're going to be getting to and from places. However, if you're in a city, right, and you have um, means of public transport, then our transport, um, you know, essential costs are going to be around you know paying for those things whether it is the subway or the underground right um the cost of buses those things right if you're in london for example right how much do you need to be putting on your oyster card for example right to be able to get around is there a monthly pass that's available right that makes it cheaper so rather than you know paying for a trip each time is there a monthly pass that you can purchase which then becomes um a little bit cheaper certainly where I lived in the UK when I was a, um, at university in one city and then I would travel home because I had a job in my hometown it was cheaper for me to buy a, um, a monthly pass for the bus so I could get there and back than it actually was for me to be um, paying that fee in one way so it's definitely worth checking out same for things like trains um, and travel if you're in the UK, um, for, for sure, there's lots of ways that you can save money on the trains. And the same here for the US too. So take a look and kind of shop around and figure out what that um, expense is going to be for the public transport and make sure that you budget that in with your monthly budget.
Now that you've taken care of the essential things, it's time to review the other stuff, right? And the other stuff is other expenses that you might have. Maybe it's alimony, maybe it's childcare, prescriptions, insurance, right? Health insurance or life insurance, those things. Fun money, right? Like life isn't supposed to be boring and, um, you know, not fun. So we want to make sure that we budget a little bit of money so we can go and have fun, right? Maybe it is a trip to the movies or maybe it is, um, you know, date night or something, right? You want to want to budget a little bit of money, but we don't want to go crazy for it. We budgeted $50 um, a month for fun money. And, you know, that was more than enough for us to, you know, go out for a date night somewhere um, or pick up a video game or something that we would enjoy or rent a movie, you know, buy some popcorn, right? Um, Things like that. We, We want to still be able to have fun because if we can still do fun things, that's gonna help us keep on track. But other stuff also includes things like contributing to your emergency fund, birthdays, right? Um, you know, holidays, um, if there's gifts, right? You know, that, that winter holiday of your choice comes around every year and we want to account for those things. School trips, uniforms, clothing, all of this stuff needs to be accounted for. And we want to account for all of those as well as paying off your debt. So again, we're going to take a look at your spending over the last three months. We're going to average the spend and budget those right and we're gonna use that average to create the budget then we're gonna need to run the math so you are gonna need to do some math um, when it comes to your budget you want to add up all of those expenses so all of the essential expenses so the the home the food the utilities the transport and the other stuff, right? Um, as well as your minimum monthly debt payments, right? You want to add all of that together and that becomes your total outgoing amount, right? And you want to record that. So we're going to take our monthly total income and subtract the total outgoing amount. And we really want that to be zero because you've accounted for everything in your budget. And I know that's a bit scary to think about and it's going to take a few months to get the hang of it. It really does. Like I think it took us about three, maybe four months for us to really get the hang of that. And once we nailed it, right, it was like a really proud budget meeting that we had where we were like, we've got this. And then the fun starts happening where you start to figure out like, how do I reduce a cost here and move it over to somewhere else? So let's talk a little bit about if you have money left over, because if you've got money left over and you've done that math, right? So you've got a positive amount left in your budget. That's great. You want to be putting that money left over into your emergency fund to build that fund up to a thousand dollars and account for that leftover money to go into your emergency fund in your budget plan. And then that budget balance should be zero, right? That's, that's what we want, that budget balance to be zero. And if you already have an emergency fund that's awesome because you know if you've got it ready to go when uncle murphy knocks on you know your door that's great right you're gonna have less of a stress and less of a worry um to be able to pay for an emergency so if you have a thousand dollars already in an emergency fund then what do you do with that money well 
If you remember listing your debts from smallest to largest, this is why any extra money that you have after saving $1,000 in your emergency fund, we want to be putting that towards your debt and we want to put it towards the smallest one because we're going to clear it faster. You are going to get little wins as you start to pay off that debt and those little wins go a long way, right? It might be paying off a medical bill, right? You should celebrate those wins, right? Not going crazy, right? We're not talking like a helicopter ride or something over the Grand Canyon to celebrate, you know, paying off your small debts. But maybe after you've saved up and paid off all of your debts, that could be something really cool. But every time you pay off a debt and you celebrate that win, it is going to help propel you onto paying the next one. And one of the ways that you do that is by rolling over the payments that you are making on that small bill onto the next biggest bill, right? So let's say you've got a $100 um, medical bill, right? And you're paying $10 a month off it. Let's say that you're able to um, pay that off because you had money left over in your budget this month. Let's say that you, you had less of a spend on the groceries, for example, right? So you paid off your medical bill. So that $10 a month that you were putting towards your medical bill, you could then put towards the next step. So let's say the next step was a $1,000 credit card that you were paying off and you were already paying, let's say, $90 a month on that. Well, with that $10 that you were paying towards a medical bill, your payment on your credit card now becomes $100 a month, right? 90 plus 10. And you can start to drive down the debt quicker. So you take that principle again. So let's say after you've paid off your credit card, you have, I don't know, a store card and that's $2,000 and you were paying $100 a month on that. So you would take the $100 a month that you were already paying as the minimum payment and then you were going to add on that $100 that you're paying on your other credit card because that's now gone. You're paying off $200 a month on this other card and you're going to get that paid off quicker, right? This is also known as a snowball um, here in the US. I know if you're in the UK and you hear the term debt snowball or snowballing, it means that you're spiraling with your debt. So I just wanted to be um, really clear that there is a different terminology here. But really rolling over those payments is how you gain traction and really pay off your debt and are able to pay it off really quickly because as you were paying things off and you're getting that sense of accomplishment, um, it really starts to, to happen and it goes pretty quickly, like quicker than you think it might. And sometimes like the day-to-day -day can can be difficult, right? You know, you're you're looking at, you know, how how am I going to pay for some of these things? And that's where number one, having an emergency fund helps to have that cushion to help you through if things go wrong, but also, um, you know, having a budget and and, you know, if things come up and you need to reallocate money, have a budget meeting and reallocate that money and figure out where where that money is going to go. Now, let's talk about if your emergency, well, if your emergency fund um, isn't quite there yet, but let's say that you do the math and your um, budget is in the negative, right? You don't have money left over. What do you do in those situations? And I can tell you I have been there. 
And I need you to know that you don't need to do it alone. There are um, charities that can help and support with these things. And that's where I learned the tools of budgeting was through um, the Consumer Credit Council is what it, it was known um, a number of years ago. I think they've since um, changed their name, but they, they were based in the UK and they helped me create um, what was known as a debt management plan. And it was basically a budget. It was a budget to track all of these expenses and then we kind of had a, a check-in with um you know a, a counselor on you know what these expenses were and where we could cut things down and how to um better plan our money around so you know there are resources that are available to you that don't cost anything um so you know if if you're needing help um with that then definitely check out um some of those resources and you know it it really is a simple search on the internet these days um so there there are tools that are available um to help now if you don't want to go that route and you want to try and do something yourself then take a look at your budget and look at you know what you've got going out and what you've got coming in and really have a look at those expenses that are going out what can you cut back on right the grocery bill is probably the easiest one where people can save money right so can you reduce your grocery budget down by you know maybe you're not getting um you know the the branded stuff maybe you're getting the store brand um items or the the basic items right um the no frills as as my granny would always call it she got the no frills stuff um you know and you you were able to save a little bit of money that way right so rather than buying the expensive name brand you bought uh i don't know the no frills version of i don't know let's say pasta for example right and you know the the branded stuff was, I don't know, $2 a box and the no frills version is, I don't know, 50 cents a box, right? That money that you are saving on the grocery bill, you can then put towards paying off you know, one of one of the debts that you have, because that's really what you're needing to do, right? You need to have your living expenses be less than what you have coming in in right on your monthly income that is how you are able to you know tackle the debt is by living below your means right and your means is your monthly income and you know there's there's kind of creative ways that you can do about this right one of the things that um we used to do was um grocery store challenges or grocery challenges um and store cupboard challenges right so the grocery challenge is where you actually look at your receipts and you look at what you have been buying and then you challenge yourself to um, spend less on those particular items or um, challenge yourself to be able to cut your grocery bill by, I don't know, like 10% or whatever um, each month and, um, you know, use the food and things that you are buying more wisely to be able to make it stretch further. The store cupboard challenge um, is where you don't go to the grocery store for a week or two weeks 
and you use up everything that you have in the pantry and in the freezer and in the fridge and you make use of what you have and you cook based on those. That's a really kind of fun um, challenge to do to be able to make your budgets stretch a little bit more. Um, there's lots of ways that you can um, reevaluate the money that you have and kind of reallocate things. Um, let's say that you have um, money going on you know subscriptions for stuff like cable or um you know whatever you could look to cancel those or renegotiate to a lower package with your provider a lot of the times if you tell them that you're going to be canceling um they miraculously come up with a a lower um you know payment um for some of these things so that can kind of help and again the money that you are um saving on that expense you can then put towards you know the, the debt or the emergency fund that you are needing to to build so there's lots and lots of um, support and information that's available on the internet now to be able to figure out some of those things. And I would really recommend that you do that. Um, and one of the things that I really want you to know is that you are not alone in this journey. And there are so many people, so, so many people that, you know, have been living kind of paycheck to paycheck, um, trying to make ends meet. And, you know, you, you can have the support and you can have the help that you need if, if this is where you are. And, you know, don't be afraid to reach out for help with these things, because the minute that you get the help that you need, you are going to be able to start tackling this money monster, start getting rid of the debt, start saving the money and be able to budget appropriately for you to have the homestead of your dreams. And there is something incredibly freeing and incredibly powerful at being able to do the things that you want to do, right? You're going to be able to um, have the homestead that you're wanting and be able to to pay for it too. You know, I, I know I always talk about you know, things can get expensive on a homestead and it's it's really true, they can. I mean, you know, your own chickens, um, by the time you factored in the coop and the feed, right, they can get to be really expensive than it is if you um, are just buying eggs at the store. But the you know, the joy comes into knowing how it was raised and, and where you raised it. And that's a lot of the reason I'm guessing why you want to homestead is that freedom and that understanding of where your food is coming from. So by understanding your finances, um, you can start to make better decisions on your homestead, right? And, and ways to kind of you know, maybe stretch things a little bit more. So rather than buying brand new lumber to build raised beds on your homestead, maybe you're going to start with a garden that's directly in the ground and grow your veggies. Maybe rather than buying the seeds for veggies, you participate in a seed swap instead. Um, or you ask friends and, and family to see if they have seeds to get your garden started, right? There's lots of ways that we can save money and reduce costs on the homestead, but it really starts with getting to grips of, of what our money's doing and making use of what we have, right? If you remember um, my husband's um, grandfather's saying or fam family saying was, use it up, wear it out, make it do, 
or do without. And there's a lot of power in there. And so many homesteaders live a lot more frugally, driving debt down, living frugally and homesteading all go hand in hand. And I really want you to have the homestead of your dreams. So I hope you that you found this episode helpful. If you did, please let me know in the Facebook group or drop me a message. I'd love to hear from you guys. And um, remember that this is a journey. We don't get there overnight, but we do get there in the end and it is so worth it when we do. Until next time, I hope that your garden grows beautifully and I will see you all next week.